You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. And Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Hot Wieners. Uh, yeah. Love. <laughs> death. Family. <laughs> kids. Friends. We talk about all of it. All relationships. Whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship. Or a friendship. So we have this conversation. Like I was like, hey, let's go grab something to drink for the show. And you're like, okay, what are we going to talk about? And we have this whole conversation. And then I was like, I know. I'm going to throw him a little curveball here. Small one, small. Okay, one. good. But we, but this is still under the premise that we recognize the last couple episodes super have dark. been have been have been dark and ugly and whatever. And I think I've gotten it out of my system. And we talked about trying to be you know fun and lighthearted again. Yes. Um, I want you to interview me for my other show. Okay. I just think it would be interesting. All right, sure. So slightly average. Yes. Yeah, so, so slightly average. Like I could, I could be. I could sit there and talk by myself, um, but it seems condescending and a little less fun for a listener. Sure. So, Chris, um, your show is called Slightly Average. Let's drill down to that right right, right out of the gate. Um, why Slightly Average? It's, yeah, because nobody's completely average. Oh, but but I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to figure out is that are you having extraordinary people on? Yeah, um, I am. That are slightly average in some way, like they do, I don't know, they build doll houses. The, the or slightly they average part or... is the fact that they're walking among you. Like, if you walk next to those people, you might be like, that's a normal person, but they're fucking not. I gotcha. So you're saying that someone who, uh, in in a normal crowd, mm-hmm. you would have no idea engages in an extraordinary thing. Yeah. Like doing American Ninja. Yeah. Or being a cage fighter. Being a cage fighter, or, or things of that things of that nature. Yeah. Man, okay. Yeah. So so the slightly average thing is kind of a tongue in cheek. So okay, for years I have been saying that I have a slightly average penis, and. I was like, oh, man. I slightly want... below. I, I Slightly average is how I described it. Uh, Chris, I, I... It could be below, it could be above, it could be anything, but it's slightly average. Well, Chris, I, I have the internet. I am well aware of what your penis <laughs> is and it's not. My penis is not on and, the internet. And below. <laughs> slightly below. That's fine. Okay, I can live with that. Tiny, micro. Okay. Anyway, so I was like, oh, man, I want to do a comedy special and call it slightly average. So... Then the goal was like I'm gonna I'm gonna do some stand up. Wow, you fucked that up. Good. Uh, I was like, oh, I want to do some stand up. Then what are you talking about? Not a draw, buddy. No, it was beautiful. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> uh, I was thinking, yeah, I'll just do that. I'll do that. And then I was like, I need to make a new show. I need to do that. I need to do that for me. Um, so I was like, what what do I call it? And I start throwing all this stuff out there. And then I was like, "Oh yeah, my comedy special name. I'll okay. do that." So I want to I want to fixate on I've got to do I've got to do this new thing. Uh-huh. Is that because you had a drive creatively to do something new or is that because you recognize content is key to being successful on the interwebs? So, I have two other shows that I do with other people. And it's wonderful. I enjoy it thoroughly. But the 
the one thing is there's always a loose end. Sure. So we're talking about we're talking about entertain the geeky. Uh-huh. And, and who wears the pants? And this who wears the pants? Gotcha. Um, so there's always a loose end. Like if for some reason I can't make it to the show, well then I fucked it up for you. And if for some reason you can't make it, well then you fucked it up for me. And I'm not saying that to be negative. It's just no, it's a, it, then, it happens. Then content doesn't happen. It is difficult when you only have two people to produce or content. Even, yeah. even if you have three, because Entertain the Geeky, there's three people that work on that, and we've put up nothing in months. So I'm like, okay, um, I want to have complete control over something, and this is how I'm going to do it. So it's on you. Mm-hmm. Right. So if an interview doesn't get recorded or doesn't make it up, it is on yeah. Chris. Okay, I got you. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't know. I, I would rather, I would rather be the, uh, the judge and jury in my own trial than have somebody else be that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I I absolutely get it. I would, I would rather fail myself than fail you. Exactly. So, and it's, it's so easy when you're doing something like this with a friend to be like, Hey, can we not do this week because blah or blah or blah? Yeah. Cause and, I'm, cause you've, you just had a daughter or, or I've got a gun in my mouth or whatever reason whatever that we're not going to yeah, do it. Yeah. yeah. No, my, uh, I took too many drugs for my elbow. You know, that was one I'm, t- I'm teasing. Oh. <laughs> no, I got dude, seriously that fucking hydrocodone. It's no joke for me. Man. I'm just Opioids, dude, I can't, I couldn't do heroin. Right. Right. Like, I would be one of those people that it, I would, I, I would a get super, super sick the first time. And then if for some reason I ever did it again, I would be so hopelessly addicted. So yeah, I was like, I'm just going to depend on myself. And it's funny because like talking about this, it reminds me of a conversation that I had two days ago. So, um, I've been in car sales basically on and off since 2015 uh, out of that time, I've spent a year and nine months out of the car business. So basically, I've been in it for almost five years. Right. Well, and consider too, I mean, something something to take into consideration, if I'm going to phrase it like a professional, is that you're not talking 40-hour weeks. No. You're, you're talking much, much longer. Yeah. Much longer weeks. And so your time on target or the amount of time you have toward the, the golden 10,000 hours, it's pretty solid. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, my mom has purchased cars from other people every fucking time she's purchased a vehicle. And there's been four now. So the last time she purchased a vehicle, I told her to come to me, and I, I was ordering cars at the time. So I was like, I will order whatever you want. And uh, she didn't. She ended up going to another dealership, and they sold her a piece of shit. And they ended up trading her out of it to put her in something else. I'm like, okay. So they got two sales out of you, and they fucked you. Like, that's stupid. You should have come to me for the first one. We could have done this right. So I'm like, next time you come to me. So I get home Saturday, and there's a vehicle sitting outside my house. My aunt works for a car dealership as well, and I see their badge on it and a temp tag, and I was like, God damn it. So I walk inside, and I was like, did you fucking buy a car from somebody else? And she's like, yeah, I lost my shit. I was like, you should leave. Or I said, you can leave, not you should leave. I was very close to throwing her out. I'm like, she's holding my baby. I'm like, dude, you're holding my fucking kid, and... You you have the audacity, like, you literally took diapers off her ass by making that call. Like, that is fucked up. I'm like, you didn't buy a brand new car. You bought a pre-owned car, which pisses me off more because I have two of those sitting on my lot right now. I'm like, that is fucking wrong. And Tara was like, are you serious right now? And my mom's like, he's serious. I was like, I'm completely serious. I was like, this is so fucked up, it's not even funny. 
thanks for coming over tonight. I was pissed. Um, so I fucking, I throw my fit in Tara's like, you got it. And I'm like, I was like, dude, you shut the fuck up. I, oh, dude, I was on one. I'm like, I was like, this is fucked up. You don't do this to somebody. I'm like, I'm your kid. I'm like, you've not been supportive of anything that I've done in my entire life. And now that I have to work a big boy job because my mom didn't support me doing anything else growing up, you're not even going to be supportive of that. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, you can't even throw me a bone and buy a car from me? Oh, I was pissed. So I I said my piece, and I let it go for the evening. I was still upset about it, but I like I had gone. I had picked up dinner, fed my mom, and I had to go. I had plans with friends, so I went and did my plans with friends. Um, the next day, we were out shopping, and my dad called me, stepdad, um, but my dad called me and was like, hey, what happened with mom? And I was like, dude, I was like, fuck you guys. I was like, you guys fucked me. I was like, that's what happened. And like, I, I hadn't yet tried to process it or in why it had upset me as much as it did. But I'm like, it was fucked up the last time that you bought a car from somebody else. And it was fucked up the time before that. I was like, but you bought a new car. You bought it from Aunt Lynn. Okay, that makes sense. And I didn't sell that brand. That's fair. Not mad about that. I'm like, but when you bought a used car from somebody else, I was like, that was fucked. I was like, and then when they fucked you and you didn't come see me, I was like, that was fucked up. I was like, and now you bought another used car from somebody else and you didn't even, you didn't even fucking tell me. And like, I yelled at my stepdad because a month ago he's like, I'm going to come see you soon and buy a car from you and your brother because we hired my brother. So I'm fucking, I'm like, just, he's like, you almost made your mom cry. And I was like, good. I was like, she hurt my fucking feelings and what she did was wrong. He's like, well, it was my fault. I was like, then you're fucking wrong too. I'm like, but if if you're saying that it's completely your fault, that's bullshit because she could have said, fuck off, we're going to buy a car from our kids. Yeah, she's an adult. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, that's bullshit. So I I raise my hell. Yeah, I appreciate you trying to protect your spouse, but... Yeah, fuck that. So I go home and I think about it all fucking day. And I'm like, I have to say something to them so that they understand why this is as hurtful as it is. So I have to figure out why this hurt me as much as it did. And, like, I thought about it, and I was like, man, I was like, they didn't let me play sports as a kid because they said it was too expensive. Now, my dad gave 400 and something dollars or, like, $400 a month in child support. That would easily have paid for any sports when I got it. but your mom needed that to buy clothes and to pay rent and... It's bullshit. When you have kids, you sacrifice so that they can have. That's what you do. I have kids. I fucking do it. So, like, nobody's going to preach at me about that because I fucking do it. You do whatever it takes, okay? You do you do for your kids. So, like, that's not an excuse to me. And they're like, oh, your fucking grades weren't good enough to stay in it. I'm like, man, I was fucking rebelling because you guys didn't let me do anything. And then you're like, oh, your grades aren't good enough. I was like, so I was like, you, you fucking cheated me. I was like, and then when I was in bands, you told me you can't make a living off that. You have to stop that and get a real job. I'm like, when I wanted to fucking be an athlete, you tell me you can't do that. There's no way you can actually make money doing it. I'm like, you fucking told me my whole life that I can't do anything that you don't understand. I was like, I was like, you didn't give me a chance then, and then you didn't even give me a chance to earn your business. When I did the things that you said were the right thing to do, it, it is soul crushing. Okay, Chris, I, I'm not sure which direction I want to take this interview at this point, but I, I'd first like to ask if our intention was to keep this episode lighthearted, I think that we've failed. 
We can get there. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. I just want well, this so is we're, just a story. It's so we're going to get to lighthearted, wonderful, we can, wonderful. We can get there. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you the it's point. Salvageable. I'm going to ask you the next pointed question. Then is that your show is called Slightly Average, and it is about people who do something that is extraordinary. Uh-huh. Um, why are you on the show? Why are you extraordinary? Oh, just because I hosted and I didn't have a guest. Oh, yes. I see. Yes, 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 I yes. see. I see. I see. So, so one I mean, of the things one of the things that you're really really good at is um, adapting and overcoming, looking at a situation where you're not prepared with content and uh, making it happen. I get it. I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah, so yeah. you're going to do a cross promotion. I see. I get it. I get <laughs> it. All right. But uh, yeah. So like it was. It really hurt my feelings. I sent that to, like, I typed it up and I sent it to mom and dad at the same time because I was like, it's important that you guys know these words and this is why this upset me so much. So then I start, like, I send it to them and they're like, man, I'm so sorry. And it was, like, unexpected because I was thinking I was going to get some kind of blowback. But, like, I tried to be articulate and sincere in what I had said. And I let them know. I was like, I don't hate you guys and I'm not, you're not bad parents. I was like, I love you. I was like, I learned a lot from you guys. I was like, but, you know, this stuff that you did wasn't right. I just wish you would have considered me. Yeah, right. I just, I just wish you would have thought about it, especially since I've reached out to you on more than one occasion to say, when you're going to do this, please come see me. Yeah. And I was like, I'm mad because you didn't even give me a chance. And you didn't give me a chance with all this stuff. And now here I am. Like, I've worked hard to get the stuff that I have and to be in the position that I'm in. Like, that, that was... A lot of fucking effort. See, I I think that your absence uh, of an aversion to confrontation is extraordinary. I think that, I mean, I've always thought that you were a fascinating person, even before we became friends, Mm -hmm. just back to the first time that we interviewed you so many years ago at the shop. But your ability to explode, right, in, in sort of righteous fury, but then reconsider what you've done and say, you know what, I need to take a step back, consider why it is that I'm angry and explain myself in a fashion. And even though you got an unexpected result, you probably got the result that subconsciously you desired. Well, I absolutely desired result, but totally unexpected. It's like that whole uh, hoping for the best, but expecting the worst thing. That's what I was doing, but I was I I had basically made up my mind that there was no way in hell that I was going to get the result that I had desired. I Why was, do you think that? Um, because people justify their actions. That's what people do. Nobody believes they're the bad guy. So when you when you when you tell somebody they're the bad guy, the the automatic response, the natural response is to say, "No, I'm not. If you think I'm the bad guy, you must be the bad guy." Does that make sense? It it does. It does. Everyone is the hero of their own story sort of uh, exactly. cliche, right? Yeah, I yeah. gotcha. So, you know, that's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not in here. I'm fucking wrong a lot. I'm wrong a lot. So exploding with righteous fury is hardly an appropriate way to say it. It's being... Uh, my tongue was a little in my cheek when I said that. What's... Well, you had a temper yeah, tantrum. I know. And I, then and then you matured. But it, right. But so here's the thing. You had a temper tantrum, so it was not what you were saying that was incorrect, right? It was your tone. Sure. And 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 the irrationality of your tone that was inappropriate, not 
even what you said. But uh, so this, this well, I mean, kinda, telling your parents "fuck you" is not cool. I, I don't know if I said "fuck you." Yeah. I was pissed, so I can't tell you everything that I said. But I was, I was livid. You were hot, um, right? But the the whole point of me segueing into that. So, did your parents give any explanation as to why? Yeah, but it, it didn't matter. Um, it didn't matter because this is something that I had reached out for, and that I had attempted. I've made every attempt to be present. So. At the end of everything, I told them that I will never sell them a car. And I'm doing this not to punish them, but so that I can't be mad at them. I will not accept your business. So the only person that I can be mad at is myself. I don't think I understand why you made this decision. If they're going to buy another car in the future, Uh and you're still selling cars at that same time, why not allow yourself to sell them a car? Because they've they've uh, they've made a point not to buy cars from me so many times now that I will not allow my feelings to be hurt anymore. So I have taken my feelings off the table entirely. So if they came to you, no, a couple, I will not sell you a car. Well, that just seems kind of petty. It is. It's completely petty. But I'm guarding my heart also. What what is it the Bible says? Above all things, guard your heart. I I don't know. I've never read the Bible. Yeah, I mean, I've, I have I have listened to many, many hours of the Bible being read, <laughs> but I have not. It's, it's a verse in there. Above all things, guard your heart. Um, so I am, But I've hardened my heart. Yeah. And but, I've swallowed my tears. But I haven't. That's the thing. I haven't. My, I was so hurt and so upset, and I'm like, I will not let myself get this way again, and this is a for sure way not. I don't need their business. May, may I ask yeah. what their explanation was as to not having purchased a car from you? Yeah, on they, this occasion, they oh they needed one fast. They called my aunt Lynn in a panic, and they had one that was just perfect. For and them. Lynn is your mom's sister. Yes. Okay. So basically, your mom bought a car from her sister mm-hmm. instead of her kid. Yeah. And you got butthurt about it. That's not what it was, though. <laughs> it was. It was the. That's the thing. That was the whole point of the whole story that I just gave. God damn it, Mike. No, it was. I'm just trying to help. It was, I'm just it trying was, to help you understand your parents' perspective. I don't give a. Is fuck that I bought a fucking car from my sister? Why are you pissed off at me? I don't care about their perspective. Is the whole point? Well, that's not right, Chris. It you is need- right because I am a parent, and if my kids were doing something, I would support my kids over anybody else because that's what you do when you're a parent. And if not, you were failing as a fucking parent. That is your goddamn job. What if I, as your parent said, Christopher? You're a grown-ass man mm-hmm. who's doing very well for mm-hmm. himself, who's making decent money, whose wife's well-employed, who yep. just got a new new place. Yep. Maybe maybe my sister needed the sale more than you did. Absolutely doesn't. That's, again, again, you have to understand circumstances here. She's better off than I am. All right. Well, that's okay. Okay. So she doesn't need the fucking sale. They did it. They did it stupidly. So even if you're in a situation where you really could use the sale, no, we'll not take it. Well, that just seems foolish and prideful, Chris. It is prideful. But <laughs> pride is the only thing that I can do to that is the only way that I can save my feelings. It's your one. most powerful vice, isn't it, pride? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I think mine would be sloth. It used to be wrath and for a long time it was lust. But now it's just sloth. I, I'm I'm angry all the time. You are a wrathful individual. It yeah, is true. I'm angry all the time. Uh, maybe that's... Uh, Why do you think that is, Chris? I don't know. 
Are you sure? I mean, well, I mean, you, you, so well, you, you drilled down into and got introspective about why your parents didn't buy this automobile from you and yes. it, it made you angry. Yes. Well, where, where do you think this anger comes from? I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, uh, is it because you hate your penis? Is that, is it, is this really come down to dick rage? I think it is primarily dick rage. Um, yeah, it has to be. Now I'm trying to think of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dick rage for sure. <laughs> no, seriously though. Like what? I mean, I I I understand what makes me angry. So I don't it, understand why it makes me in, as angry in, in as it does. In this particular situation, it was principle. I don't need the money from the sale. I don't need the sale. I can sell however many cars I feel like selling in a given month. Like I can sell twenty plus cars in my fucking sleep. So I'll do whatever I choose to do as far as that that's concerned. I don't need them for that. But maybe your little, or is it your younger? Or, uh, it, well, they're it's both my younger, younger yeah. brother. I was going to give him the sale. If that was my next. That was my next question. Then is that? Or then aren't you as guilty if you give that profit? You're taking diapers off of your daughter's ass, as you said. Yeah, it's my choice. Uh, okay, so your parents don't get the choice. They yes. you, they have exactly. to give their exactly. money to you, and you have to decide whether you're going to keep their money for your children or give them to your younger brother. I get it now. Yeah, so I get I've it. I got a younger brother who just got into the business. So you have a slightly average, well, not ego, certainly not. No, that. I have a super ego. <laughs> We all have a super ego, Chris. I mean, Jesus Christ. Id, ego, super ego. You're not special. Okay. <laughs> My bad. No, man. I was just, I was, I was feeling super pissed about it. And I, I think the thing that upset me more is I'm like, you have two kids that work here, two. Your offspring, the one genetic contribution that you make to the world, this is the mark that you leave on the world is your children, nothing else. When your sister's dead, you're going to fucking die. And there's nothing that came from her. Nothing that came from you, but you've got these kids that you're like, you want to do better for your kids. So like you could have at least come to see them. And that's why, and it was a used fucking car. I can get any car on the planet pre-owned. And I had two of the same thing sitting on my lot. She just didn't give me the opportunity or didn't give my brother the opportunity. And that's why I was fuming. Do you think they don't have faith in you? I don't know. And I don't fucking care. But. Well, yeah. So here, but we but we should care because it might help get to the reason why you're so pissed off at them. Well, no, I, I stated why I was so pissed off about. <laughs> okay, it. all right, but there's but there's got to be. I, I got know. to the underlying issue with it. And there's got to be something deeper here. Uh, no, I already got to it. Okay, they didn't fucking give me a chance with this, and and yeah, you and they you don't, stated. Do you care? You, and you don't care to understand why they? No, made no, this no, no. They stated. I don't know. No, I don't fucking care. Okay. No, I don't care. You here. If you, God damn it, Mike. You're trying to you're trying to fucking drag this out for as long as you can, you prick. I'm uh, not dragging anything out. So I am merely trying to understand you your do, motivation in the situation. My motivation is you do the right thing because it's the right thing. Do what is meaningful, not that which is expedient. They did that which was expedient, not which not that which was meaningful. And that's what pissed me off about it. If if it was a matter of like their employer did X, Y, or Z, but I could go somewhere else to do the same thing, I would go see them and their employer because that is how they pay their bills. And you do it as a means of showing love and respect to that person. It is about honoring that person. And they spit on me, and that's why I was pissed. And it's not the first time it's happened, so that's why I freaked out. Okay. 
it, it's happened three other fucking times. And my dad, my my father, has literally flown here from Texas to buy cars for me. So I'm like, you guys are just shitty fucking parents if that's how you do it. But you don't really mean that. You even said, look, you guys aren't bad No, parents. I said you guys are great with a lot of things. I'm like, but, but this, this, sucks. This, this, this thing that you do here, this is shitty. And yeah, I motherfucked them. Bad. All right. And I, I, I stand by every word that I said. <laughs> like, I don't... I'm not sorry. Well, you're certainly, I would say, an extraordinary father. I, I find you an extraordinary person. Um, I mean, I know your mother was very, very upset when I referred to you as the Antichrist. I wonder how yeah. she feels about that now. I wonder if... <laughs> She's probably like, this little cocksucker is the Antichrist. Yeah, maybe I should have listened to that mic guy so many years ago <laughs> when she insulted my baby by yeah. calling him the Antichrist. No, she should have. But I'm not. I'm just fucking don't, don't shit on me because I will shit back. That's not that's not a common attitude, and I think it is becoming less common that people stand up for themselves face to face. Well, if if you if you don't stand up for yourself, then you are lying to yourself and the world. You are saying that how I am being treated is okay, and if it's not fucking okay, then say it's not okay. But what about turning the other cheek? I mean, if we're going to reference the good book, what yeah, about yeah, if somebody, yeah. if someone is going to you turn, do wrong? Yeah, it also says an eye for an eye. Well, that, so but you, but you, that, turn, you turn the other cheek once. Well, now and I'm not a theologian, but now aren't we talking about Hammurabi and so, the in the Old Testament versus the message of Christ in the New which, Testament? Which is fine. You have one cheek to turn to them, don't you? Let them strike that. If they strike that, then you eat them. Okay. Three cars. I gave him if you're three. my kid, you have four cheeks then, because you gave, have your bottom. You have yeah. two cheeks on your bottom. I gave those motherfuckers three. <laughs> they got too many. They slapped me on one side. I gave them the other side. They did that, and then they went back to the first side, and then I said, okay. All right. That's enough of that shit. What's the purpose of Slightly Average? What What do you want to accomplish with the show? With that one? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I want to understand you and, your, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. reason for your endeavor. I, I, would, I would like to put inspiring content out for people. Okay. So what so far is the kind of content that you have put out there that you have found and hope that the audience finds inspirational? So there was, okay, one, we have um, the FedEx Ninja on the show who is about as zen as a person can be. And like he does this whole thing where he's like, hey, I just, I just want to do this because I'm passionate about it and like do things for the love of them and share them and be communal and blah, blah, blah. You're such a dick. No, he's uh, a Caucasian, right? No. Okay. Um, uh, I just want to make sure that he was someone from Asia because I don't think that anyone outside of Asia is allowed to be Zen. I think that's appropriation. Yeah, I think, I think uh, that's racist. To say otherwise, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, I I don't know the fucking rules. Yeah, no, man. I'll make dude. I'm I'll super just, confused. I'll just super fight the rules. Okay. So, ooh, well played. Nice reference there. You're nice, welcome. nice, nice, nice. Um, and then Julius, who's a fucking his whole thing is he's like, man, you just go put the work in. Go put the work in. Like he's putting that message out there, and hopefully people find that inspiring. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's very. He's kind of stoic. But stoic fucking sweetheart. Though. But he's very, very nice, kind person. Mm-hmm. But his level of discipline is it is extraordinary. The, the 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 time, excuse me, and the dedication that it takes to get to that position. I'm assuming that the FedEx Ninja that that was a common theme among the two guests. Kind of, kind of. Because I assume that 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 individual puts in. I don't know, male, female. FedEx Ninja is a male. Okay. Um, 
So is he a cracker? No. Okay. His okay. last name's Mendoza. Okay, gotcha. All right. So, but at least he's not a cracker. That's exactly because right. that's. I mean, they're disgusting. Like a saltine cracker, or like a Ritz cracker. The no, like an Anglo-Saxon cracker. Oh. Um, no, he's uh his last name's Mendoza. I believe it's Hispanic. Well, that's not that's not the important part. Yeah. Because the 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 important part is that he's not blank like we are. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, I love I love that you're like trying to make a career on the internet. Your your go to is to try to fucking hack your own legs out from under you. You're sitting there with a chainsaw, fucking, and you've got you've got the blade rested between your legs, and you're you're like, let's start this shit up. Come on, Cracker's funny. It's fucking funny. The whole thing is funny. It's funny. The whole so, thing is funny. Any any which way. So you have people on the show that, you know. Oh, are you trying to get me to use this episode for this? No. That, oh, okay, okay. No, no, no. I'm to trying to practice my interview skills. Oh, oh okay, no, I'm quite okay. serious. I misunderstood. I'm quite, I misunderstood. I was quite serious about practicing my interviewing skills because mm. you asked me to interview you, so I'm going to fucking interview you like I would if you were a guest on my show. Well, that's what I like thought you Like if you were do. in an important industry like gaming. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's not, what we would do. Well, I, so if you were at my house, though, we would have the we'd have the the egg crating up. The marijuana smoke would be in the room, and we would just be kicking it. It'd be nice and dark, do, do poorly people, lit room. Do people smoke weed with you before that show? Uh, I cannot confirm or deny that people that have or have not smoked marijuana <laughs> with me in my house prior to the recording of the show. No, I cannot. I can't say one way or the they other. They may. Have or have not. They may have. They may have. The guests may have gotten a contact high when they walked into my house. I don't know. Anything is possible. I don't, I don't know. I did not check their blood when they left. But any which way. Oh, my God. You should do that. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Hey, I need one vial of yeah. blood before hey, you leave. we're in the middle of a pandemic. Can I have some blood? <laughs> this would be great. That would be fantastic. Yeah. No, 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 no. Any which way. So getting getting back to you, Chris. Oh. So you you work a lot of hours. Yep. Um, you have a lot of passion for your media projects and for your your online presence. I do. Um, you are uh, you know you've been with the same woman for a good number of years now. Um, there isn't anything that I have observed in the time that I have known you and that we've been close that you have not thrown yourself in fully. Like yeah. I don't, I've never seen you do anything half-assed. I think, I think the, the, the back end stuff of recording the podcast is the part that I do half-assed. Do you, how much time do you spend editing an episode? Very little, very little. Oh, really? See, like I, I scour. I fucking hate editing. So I do too, but I really do feel that the end result of the product is significant. It's important, and I find that it's significantly improved if you put forth the effort for proper editing. You're probably right. And I'm not saying I'm a great editor. I'm just saying that I, I put in the time to take out the ums and the ahs and things that are annoying or relatively unnatural. I fucking I hate you. I don't even do it. I'm I just hate like, you. I'm like, fuck it. I'll take out long pauses. Mm-hmm. And so you don't even have to listen. You can literally just scroll through, look, and you can say that that two inches needs to be one inch and then just move on to the next thing. Exactly. Holy <laughs> shit. And you call me lazy. Oh my God. Now 
I can look at something and say, that's an um, that's an ah, that's a but, right? And clip them out. I know when I go, like I have these really very clear intakes that I do. That, oh, Jesus Christ. It's so goddamn annoying. And then the word so. But we're not talking about me. You plied me with alcohol and now you're fucking recording me because you're a cunt. But anyway. That was beautiful. Yeah. I just wanted that. I, I wanted something golden so that we could throw it on on the instagrams on the instas i love that i love that so but getting back to the interview so you're i don't want to say a fanatic because that's derogatory i don't want to say extremist but you're passionate and dedicated um regardless of what what hobby or outlet you know however tangential how how does that affect your marriage it drives my wife crazy I'm a crazy person. So when you put two crazy people together, it, it just drives one of them well, extra And you crazy. know, I've actually, I've learned in, uh, as we've gotten older, um, my, my wife's bloodline, their, their mental faculties, not their intellect, mind you, but their mental faculties definitely degrade progressively over time. And, you know, my, 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 my wife's grandmother has gone mad and my mother-in-law, whom I adore, is, is going mad. Uh, and my wife's starting to go pretty crazy, too. Uh, it's been very, very interesting to, to do watch. You think, do you think that has anything to do with the people that they choose to spend their life with? Yes, Absolutely. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. Because I think that my wife wanted two things when she when she was looking for a man. She wanted someone who was going to have the qualities of a bad boy, you know, substance abuse and staying out too late and, you know, womanizing and blah, 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 blah. But also someone who was so irreparably psychologically damaged that there was no fixing them. So that effort wasn't required. And however you treat them, they're not going to leave. That's really... That's what she was shooting for. She was shooting for. And and I'm that guy. Get you a good and broken boy. Yeah, no... Now, here's the thing, is that I don't think that that's what my wife deliberately sought. I think that's what I am. Uh, I don't think that's what she was looking for, but I think that our our unique brand of codependence is, is, is uh, it's got legs, for sure. I mean, it definitely still has some years <laughs> behind it, for sure. Or, or ahead of it, I should, I should rephrase. That's some years ahead of it. Yeah. Now, see, if I was editing this episode, I would have made me sound much smarter than I'm going to sound because you're just going to dump this shit on the internet where I would have carefully clipped that out. See, here's out. the thing. You're, you're well-spoken anyway, so if anything, I sound dumber. You understand that, right? Like, I just make myself... Look Chris, dumb. you sound sharp all the time. I fucking don't. You Here, do. You, you know what's do, funny? I was God I was damn. telling Tara this while we were at brunch today. I was like, sweetheart. I was like, because she was worried about uh, while she's which at is work, the most same sex explorative of the meals. Right, right. We were making num nums. Well, no, I was just saying that brunch. I mean, it is it is very same sex explorative. <laughs> okay. You have things like the mimosa. That, to me, is same-sex explorative. Okay. So. What? What did I say that was wrong, Chris? I I said I didn't say any words that were inappropriate. I didn't use any language that was offensive. I said same-sex explorative. That is all I said. It was just funny to me. (laughs) 
And then you reiterated it six times. So that made well, it funny. I can explain to you why that's funny. Anywho, <laughs> anywho so God damn it. So uh, I'm like, yeah, you're because she was worried about here. Background story: She was worried about if she uh, takes, if she is louder at work about the things that she does. She's like, I feel like I'm not well spoken when in a public setting. And I'm like, look, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. But you do have to start standing up for yourself, or you're going to feel disenfranchised, and you will get resentful, and you won't want to fucking right. keep the job. And, and I don't want to sound sexist, but among women, that is a, at least in my experience, the women that I know, that is a common concern about. How firmly does one stand up for themselves? Yeah, no, no, no. So uh, typically women are high in agreeableness, and um, that's a good thing for certain things and a bad thing for, like, negotiating and stuff. So if you're high in agreeableness, you don't like confrontation that much, so you're less likely to be – you're less likely to negotiate on your own behalf. Does that make sense? It it very much does make sense. Okay. So we have this conversation, and I'm like, you know, I was like – I don't always have the right words. I was like, Mike is very well-spoken, extremely articulate, and when we're podcasting, I'm like, I'll say something, and I'm speaking in such generalities that I know there's no way it's possibly comprehensible to another person. I'm like, but then Mike will summarize what I've said in a way that is clear and articulate and show that he understands what I was saying. I was that's like, just me exhibiting that I'm listening. Well, you're, you're not only are you listening, but you're taking the time to decipher what I'm saying, and then you're trying to you know rephrase it so that i understand that you understand because and it's weird something about this and i'm pointing at the microphone something about this device makes me want to pay more attention to what you're saying interesting so i was and then i explained to her i was like i have a friend at work who isn't he's not always the best spoken but like I understand what he's trying to say. I'm like, so he'll he'll say something that sounds generic and almost like gibberish, and I'll be like, oh, so you mean this? And he's like, exactly. And he had mentioned that one day, and he's like, I like that you can do that. So, And I'm like, there's always going to be somebody, especially when you're spending long periods of time with people, that understands what you're saying and why it's important, and they'll find a way to help validate it. Right, and that's one of the reasons why I have no interest in getting a divorce, my wife and I put so much time into that relationship and so much time into understanding one another that even an egregious falter is not worth throwing away all that effort and all of that time, but more importantly, the precious relationship that I have for somebody that honestly gets me, right? That mm. that understands my perspective. I don't think that there is anyone who knows me better than she does probably not so i don't want to get rid of that right i don't want to start that over i mean fucking that sounds terrible to me well you know what's funny is i always say i would not start that over i would just fucking wouldn't do it again no i i wouldn't but i also don't want to be rid of it i don't i don't want to lose that relationship sure yeah. sure sure sure, sure. I mean, and, and, and as i was saying in the car to you i mean i i certainly i have learned in the last few years that despite the, your your wealth of love and relationships that you are alone you're always going to be alone no one is ever going to fully understand you and that the real benefit of a long-term relationship is learning about that solitude 
early in your life. And now that I'm in my mid forties, I'm very, very happy to recognize that this is a solitary journey. Uh, and that even if surrounded by other souls, I will die alone. I'm living this life alone. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm stoked to not be in my, in my mid to late sixties, recognizing that I have very short time left and that I'm alone. I've got a little extra time to, to be alone. I'm pretty excited about it. You know, what's so funny. So one of, uh, a friend of mine is in a relatively new relationship, engaged. They've been together for a couple of years and they, they like, it's just so different when you're early in a relationship, you've not had a chance to figure out that you don't like each other Think yet. You've been only fucking the same. That you don't like. Oh. Ooh. Wait, say that again. You've not had the opportunity to figure out that you don't like each other yet. Now, you're saying that in sort of this... It's playful. Uh, yeah, hyper... This, hi, this, this hyper- hy- hyperbolic manner. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you don't There's recognize a- that there are things about this person that you might not actually care for. Oh, 100%. And... You you look past everything wrong with them. Now, you will have arguments and stuff, but it's not the end of the world. You're like, oh, we just do this. We just do this. But you might not just do that. You know, you might you might be fucking boiling because there's a bunch of other shit that you're just failing to realize you hate right now. Oh, no, I've certainly absolutely had that. I mean, my wife and I have been together since 1992, right? So a good number of years. And there are, in the last few years, obviously our relationship has changed and we've talked about it Mm -hmm. a lot on the show. But, I mean, there there are aspects of our relationship that are very, very different now than they were 20 years ago and certainly different than they were in the last, you know, four or five years. But, I don't know, I lost my train of thought. What were you talking about? We were talking about uh, the things that you overlook oh, when, sure. the, so, when the yeah, relationship is... Yeah, so there there funny. are things, yeah, certainly that my that my wife does that are behaviors that I don't care for, but you do one of two things. You either you know, fight into the ambush or you just learn to fucking live with it. Like I, it drives me crazy that my wife can't walk the dishes, the three feet from the Island to the sink and just put dirty dishes in the sink. She just leaves them on the Island. It drives me fucking bonkers. But you know what? That's a, that's not the goddamn hell I'm going to die on. Right. You know, right. I just don't, well, it's no, there's, not there's, that there's big of a deal. There's certain shit that's not that big of a deal that we, right. that will blow out of proportion, especially if we're having a bad day or something else is wrong. So yeah, that's always really interesting when you when you stumble across those things and you're like, yeah. this is something that regularly irritates me, but it's not. Yeah, my wife's not. Be all. My wife is not a dirty person, but she's a cluttered person. Mm. There's a lot of shit, and it drives me crazy. Drives me crazy. I am so sporadic, so I will be. I fixate on things, and everything outside of that is somewhat ignored. It's treated with a mild neglect. <laughs> and uh, when you do this, well, shit, things will get dirty. But I get the impression never your children. No, I love my kids. But, like, here, there are times where they're like, Dad, watch me. Watch me kick you in the balls. And you're like, not right now. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I, I feel genuinely guilty if I'm not giving them uh, what I believe is adequate attention in a given day. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it's... You feel I feel like I'm fucking them up anytime I make them sad. Like that's what bums me out. So like parenting is hard because 
you feel like you're, you could potentially be destroying this person's psyche by disciplining them, but if you do not discipline them, then you are surely destroying their psyche. Right, but your kids, something that was never explained to me as a child, and I, it's a, I think it's a pretty obvious life lesson eventually, but something that I think that your kids probably understand is that you are going to have times where you have high highs and low lows, mm -hmm. where life is just going to keep coming up to you. It's going to keep coming up, Christopher. Yeah. And sometimes it's not. And the real magic in life is how you handle oscillating between the two, how gracious you are when things are good, and how gracious you are when they're not. Right. Right. It you know, and I, I think your kids probably, I mean, I think they're probably too young to answer the question, but I think that you and Tara both do a good job of on the, the boys understanding that this is the nature of life. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, I, my job is not to raise little boys and little girls. My job is to raise men and women. Does that make sense? It does. Now, they're not going to be children forever. They're going to be adults. Yeah. And, and my, your your responsibility yeah. is to make good adults. Yeah. Good productive adults that can lead a fulfilling life. And if if I'm letting them do too much instant gratification or anything like that, they will not be fulfilled in life. You see, I'm I'm 46 years old and I don't I don't know what a fulfilled life looks like. I think it's that space where you get lost in what you're doing and you start doing it just for the sake of getting it, like not just for the sake of getting it done, but you're doing it as if you're creating a masterpiece. So like, you know how you get into the zone when you're painting minis? I do. It's that. It's, well, then I, it's, then, it's, then, it's that little space where you're, everything else is gone. Then I'm extremely blessed. You are. Because I dwell in that space a lot. No, and it's wonderful. Like here, when I, when I uh, would, I love painting pictures. Didn't realize I'd ever give a shit about painting pictures, but when I do it, it is. You get, it's the void. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what you're in. You're in the void. Um, so when you're in the void, it's just wonderful. Or like when you're, uh, when you're doing a physical activity that you're passionate about, like you get into that that fucking space and it's I, beautiful i hate to sound so new agey but do you meditate not super often it i i know because you can when you're when you're because for me it's really assembling miniatures it's it's basing and converting mm -hmm. and all that stuff is really where i generally get lost but meditation provides a uh it it a, a, a calmness of mind, mm -hmm. right? And an emptiness of mind. So you kind of, you get that void sensation that you're talking about that kind of just, I don't know that I don't want to say that it's like an, an, an ephemeral floatingness, but it's basically a drifting of thought where you're not paying attention. And it's, it's, it's almost a, a kind of nothingness. You're, you're on the wavelength that you're supposed to be at that point in time and you can tell and you feel it and you feel feel yourself riding that wave and it's right, right, right. It, it's wonderful like it's blissful and uh sometimes that's falling in love with shitty work you know what i mean you gotta you gotta love the struggle 
So how do you make yourself do that? And like, that's the shit that I'm trying to teach the kids because I want that. I just want their life to be fulfilling that you don't have to be rich. You don't have to be famous, nothing like that. But I, I want you to be fulfilled. I think that, I think that that is a wonderful word of wisdom that your responsibility as a parent is to create decent, responsible adults who try to live fulfilled lives. Hmm. I, uh, my parents, in a weird way, succeeded tremendously. Dang. Give them props to the abusive mom and the absent father. Sure, but, but, but I... But in a, in, a, in a strange way, had it not been for a situation that created a need to escape, I would have not become so involved in escapism. So, Interesting. you know, and it's the thing that I love. So in a lot of ways, they made an adult who is trying to be fulfilled. Woo! Yeah, good job, mom and dad. 